There's Lemieux. The center penalty coming up. Look at Lemieux. Alrighty, hockey fans, and welcome to another episode of Talkin' Hockey, the hockey talking show right here on UMFM 101.5 in Winnipeg and podcasted to the world. This is uh, season four, episode three. We're going to call this episode the Danico, as in Ken Danico, as in three-time Stanley Cup winning defenseman for the New Jersey Devils throughout the 90s, back into the 80s a bit. I am co-host Tom. I've got with me, as always, co-host Randy. It kind of looks like Randy's maybe checking out the work in the corners of the um, Zamboni driver. Looks like maybe he missed a spot. Oh, yeah. You know what? What's the worst part about all this is when they leave a spot right in the middle. Like, yeah. Corners are fine because, uh, you know, only only the dirty stuff goes on in the corners. But, uh, <laughs> you know, if you're on a breakaway and all of a sudden you hit a patch of ice that hasn't been cleared and then the puck stays at the blue line and you keep going. <laughs> not a good look <laughs> yeah or worse yet uh the puddle the zamboni oh, puddle maybe. oh yeah i remember yeah. swimming through a few neutral zones at some rinks that will will remain un- uh, unnamed <laughs> but yeah, uh well, but yeah you gotta you gotta be on top of that for sure uh and you know like hey i've always wanted to drive a zamboni so i'm not giving any uh, flack to zamboni drivers i uh i think it's an admirable profession um but uh, let's uh, let's kick off the show today talking a little bit about Ken Danico. He's uh, a Ukrainian Canadian, uh, born I think in Ontario somewhere, but raised raised in uh, Edmonton, Alberta. And he was actually childhood friends with Mark the Moose Messier growing up, which is uh, kind of a, a fun fun fact. Um, he he uh, he played. 20 years for the devils. Um, and th- that's 1,283 regular season games. Now he was on three cup winning teams with the devils. So, you know, you add in all the playoffs and everything else. And it's just like, you know, there's another 175 games. So Ken played a lot of hockey. Um, was he a goal scorer? No, he had 36 career goals in the NHL potting another five in the, in the postseason. But uh, he took a few pims. He uh, wasn't shy. Uh, stay-at-home defenseman, and uh, yeah, he's he's kind of like he was the first guy I thought of when I thought of number threes. There's a lot of it's a it's a classic defenseman number. Hey, Randy, and like it's just you think of you think of number three, you think defenseman, stay-at-home defenseman, and and Ken Danico was the very first guy that popped into my head. But there are some other. There's some other notable threes. Yeah. Also, uh, just in, in regards to Ken Danico, uh, if you look back at his hockey DB and what it's, which is one of our main references here on the show, uh, number one, if you click through his pictures, you see like the evolution of hockey hair pretty much, which is a great little experiment. 
<laughs> uh, number two, he played for the Yorkton Terriers, which is very yeah. close to to where uh, my mom's family comes from over there in Melville. The, and I'm sure there was a few uh, little clashes with Ken Danico and the Melville Millionaires uh, back in the day. Oh, and for if, sure. And if you, if you think about uh, Mr. Danico's uh, career, you'd have to think that he probably was uh, riding shotgun to Mr. Scott Stevens. So you got to think that that's quite the defenseman uh, duo. If you're right. coming, if you're coming in on those two guys, I think I'm going to just dump it into the corner and go for a change. <laughs> just go for a change for sure. I don't know. Did they play together? Were they partners? It's hard to say. I don't know. We'd have to do a, a bit more of a deep dive, but like if you have two defensemen like that, you'd imagine putting them out together. Jeez Louise, that would be uh pretty heavy. Uh, you know, Ken wasn't like, I guess the biggest player at six foot, 200 pounds, but um, tough as they come. There's no doubt about that. He looks pretty um, scary too. Yeah, he does. Yeah. <laughs> he was nicknamed Mr. Devil by Devils fans, you know, more than, more than, uh, they had some great, more than Broder, more than Niedermeyer, more than Scott Stevens, um, or, uh, you know, Patrick Eliash or any of the other sort of devils of that time. It was Ken Danico who was Mr. Devil. Now the fact that he calls games on msg network for the devils probably you know cements his status as a, a legendary new jersey devil but yeah and i believe he uh, he would live over there now too so i'm sure he's probably a uh you know a resident of of uh new jersey state yeah, yeah. so i just wanted to point this fun fact out um i don't know if it's like coincidence or whatever but we think of Number three is, like I say, as sort of stay-at-home defensemen and whatnot. But there are a few examples here that I'll list that are guys who wore number three. They were stay-at-home defensemen. Nothing remarkable in their playing careers, per se, you know. But they have all gone on to be legendary sort of coaches and or GMs and stuff. Uh, you've got, you know, Pat Quinn wore number three. Uh, and he was, of course, a great coach for many, many years for a lot of teams like Vancouver, Toronto. God, he probably had a tour of duty that goes way beyond that. But, um, you know, another guy uh, that was a legendary coach who wore number three was Al Arbor. And he was a guy definitely known more for his off ice um, coaching and everything than his his on ice. Although he did play, you know, 14 seasons in the NHL. Um, but then two current day GMs that at least anyway, that wore number three. And that's Mark Bergevin, current GM of the Montreal Canadiens, and uh, Jim Benning, current GM of the Vancouver Canucks. Now, both of those teams are not doing so great right now in the NHL season. So, uh, I don't know. Uh, is number three really that lucky? We'll, we'll have to, you know, stay tuned to find out with those two teams. But, um, yeah, that's a fun little it, fact, I thought. It actually triggers a memory for me. I remember, like, back in the – my early years of hockey, I think it would have been Adam. I remember there was like, cause there was only a certain amount of numbers available and you had to just pick what's there. You couldn't select something random. Um, and I think left the numbers left were like three and 11. And even back then I knew it was like three is like a defenseman number. Even though yeah. I, I was, I started as a defenseman way back in the day. But I ended up going with number eleven because I didn't want to be pigeonholed as a defense. <laughs> no offense. Yeah, you to... could play both up and back with number eleven. With number yeah. three, I don't know that you're going to be playing forward. Yeah, you know three Charlie Coyle. He he has wore three as a yeah. forward, but 
uh, I can't think of really any others that um, any other forwards that that rock number three. But um, and, and speaking of threes, Tommy. So yes. la- last uh, episode, we we put the call out there. We we sent it out to the universe as far as what are our top three hockey songs. So yes. you, and, you and I have been chatting over the week on our little WhatsApp thread. So you shared with me uh, your top three, and uh, I shared with you my top three. So let's let's go through those quickly for the listeners, and at the end of the for show, sure. we'll we'll bump one of those for sure. And I totally forgot to mention it off the very top of the show, but on this episode, we've got Dave Zamboni of Connecticut band The Zambonis. Uh, kind of a brain fart there that I forgot to mention that right off the top, but. Uh, Thanks for tuning in this far and uh, keep stay tuned in because we got a great interview with Dave Zamboni coming up and he will talk about a couple of his songs too. But um, uh, yeah, um, my top three hockey songs, I think I would probably, uh, I don't know, I'll, I'll give them to you in no particular order because I think it would depend on the day that uh, you asked me in which order I'd give them. And I might have different songs on there even, but. Let's start it off. I would say, you know, Stompin' Tom's the hockey song, classic uh, burn jam, if you will. Uh, you know, that one's, you can play it around the campfire. You can play it in a stadium of 20,000 people. Everybody gets behind it, I guess. And uh, just a classic, classic tune. Um, my, uh, another song that I would say, I'll put, uh, I will put a song by the Zambonis in there. I'll say Brass Bonanza. I really like Brass Bonanza that used to be the Hartford Whalers goal song. Zambonis do a real zippy rockin' version of that. And um, I actually used to do a college radio show in Halifax, and that was uh, kind of a modified version of that was our theme song. And the other song I'm going to say would be Chicks Diggits, uh, I Feel Like Jerry Cheevers, I Got Stitch Marks on My Heart. The song is actually just called Cheevers, and the rest is all in various parentheses, <laughs> but it's a great tune by a great canadian band i love those guys seeing them a number of times live and uh big fan of chicks dig it so yeah that would probably be on any given day my number one hockey tune uh what about yourself right on well first and foremost i gotta say uh i love how a lot of the barns do play stomp and tom when there's like a delay like if, if they're reviewing a call or or if there's a whatever, like a video review, offside review, they tend to play that song usually in its entirety because it takes a while and, and yeah. it, it gets the barn going. And it, it, yeah. it's, it's a cool part, a, a, a cool aspect that's being added. Uh, you tend to notice that a little bit if you're watching at home, but um, for if you're, in the actual, if you're in the actual barn, it's, it's pretty neat and you kind of know they're trying to fill time there. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. and that, that, that song, it, like it's, it's a timeless song and it's, you know, they should be playing that before hockey games instead of the national anthems, but maybe we'll go there another time. So uh, my, my, uh, my top three, uh, number one, I got to give a little shout out to our previous guest, Chris Hanna, uh, dear coach's corner. I got to put that out there as, as being one of my uh, top hockey songs, not just for the topics and, and, you know, the lyrics and, and the music, but also it's that song that you can put on in the dressing room before the game. And uh, it'll get you ready, ready to go and, and get some pucks deep and, and all that fun stuff. Number two for me, uh, I got to say, is Petition by John K. Sampson. And for this one, it's not your, your typical, uh, 
you know, rock and hockey song to get you fired up. This one's more of a kind of a poetic uh, shout out to, to Reggie Leach. And uh, it, it, I, if I remember correctly, it was on John K. Samson's solo record, Provincial, I think. Yeah, but we'll have I to think double, you're right there. We'll have to you can put, that's, a, that's a Sunday morning coffee uh, yeah. kind of tune you know exactly. put that on the chill mix and that's kind of his ode to reggie leach and and uh one of the lyrics is we the undersigned put forth his name to the hockey hall of fame so basically it's saying uh trying to get the recognition that mr leach uh deserves um to to you know be induct- inducted into the hockey hall of fame and, number and it was three, just hockey hall of fame weekend yeah this weekend i think so. uh i think the big tv TV deal is is uh tomorrow i think okay um and then number three i gotta agree with tommy uh you're actually the one who put me onto this song specifically uh i was always a huge fan of chicks dig it but i was more into uh like yeah i just didn't come across this song i guess but cheevers is not only a great tune uh by a great band but it's also like uh, that song has to play right before Christmas deal hits the ice. So, uh, so those are my three, uh, everybody out there. If you're listening, uh, whether it's on the radio or a podcast, shoot us a message. We'll go through your top three hockey songs throughout the course of the season. And we'll play some of your songs and add them to the, uh, to the talk and hockey playlist. Yeah. We'd love to hear from you as to what you, uh, have got in mind with any songs. And, um, you know, speaking of, uh, you know, hockey songs and everything like that. Um, let's go now to our interview with Dave Zamboni. Welcome to the show, Dave. Glad to have you back. Hey, guys. It's great to see you both. Yeah, so uh, we can... were talking, uh, I don't know, several, it wasn't quite a year ago, but it was uh, probably close to a year ago. We had you and the Hockey Monkey on the show. Uh, I know. You are... You're monkeyless today, I see. <laughs> I, I would have loved to call the monkey. He hasn't picked up his phone recently. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I think he's got, he's got a burner. I don't know what is happening with him. Dave, why don't, why don't we really just kick it off here? You, the Zambonis uh, as a band. So you guys have a brand new record out and coordinated uh, video, I guess, of... Um, it's called the Zambonis live on the ice, literally live Seri- on the ice. Seriously, I think. Oh, it's... seriously, sorry. Yes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, quite literally, that was serious. Yeah. Yes. But yes. Uh, so, yeah, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, putting that together and kind of like the idea behind it and everything? Um, uh, I, I'm very, a long time ago, 1999, we, na- we named a record More Songs About Hockey and in parentheses, and Buildings and Food, which is a nod to uh, a Talking Heads uh, record card, records uh, called uh, More Songs About Buildings and Food. And out of nowhere, we're at a sh- we're playing a show, and Chris France and Tina from the Talking Heads show up at our show with their children. And that was a long time ago. And they said, hey, we, we saw the name of your record, and we wanted to check you out. Nice. And... Uh, that was yeah a long time ago and we have you know broken the uh i they they let me go for about 10 years with with being really nervous being around me and uh and and uh i've passed the non-stalker uh test and and we're good friends so and they are really both of them are so supportive of this band they they get what we do which is really 
great. I mean, that's the ultimate for a, a hockey band that's really serious about the music side of things too. And the talking heads yeah. come over and say, we really like what you guys do. Uh, means a lot to us. And um, so Chris was uh, organizing a pandemic lockout festival over here in Westport, Connecticut for the Westport library. And he chose five bands to be on. And he told each band, you know, just make a, make a video of, uh, of five songs or six songs. And, you know, when you're the Zambonis and you're playing with other bands, you, you have to step it up. You know, you got to step <laughs> up your game. So I said, okay, I'll make a video. And uh, it was the perfect opportunity to, uh, I always wanted this band to just play on the ice in an empty arena. And we did that, but we invited two figure skaters and the hockey monkey to be our audience. Yeah. And uh, it's one of the most surreal and really my favorite things we've ever done. It's kind of, it's very strange. It's, it's awesome. And it was shot very well. We, we went for it and it worked. None of the other bands recorded themselves live at an ice rink. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, it it, it was, uh, we, we won, we won the, we won the game as they say. Yeah. Well, look, it looks great. The video looks great for sure. So, uh, you know, we'll be, we'll be talking about that, uh, on the show here. Uh, but, but listeners go, you know, check out the Zamboni's live on the ice on YouTube there. And, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a great little, great it's set. streaming. It's streaming. It's, uh, it's up on YouTube. It's on Bandcamp if you want to buy yeah. anything from us, but, um, there's also two brand new songs at the end. We do a couple old, as they want to say, classic hits. Yeah. You gotta, then, you gotta uh, play the hits. We played some yeah. hits. The kids want to hear then, the hits. And then we, we have the brand new song called Slow Whip and uh, the Gretzky Twist uh, is at the end of that. And um, it was just great. It's a lot of fun. So, so Dave, last time you were on the show, uh, you know, I guess you could call one of the hot topics was, uh, you know, we're on a, we're in a little bit of a time warp here, but e-bug. So we, oh. were, you were talking about the David Ayers thing and, you know, yeah. all that stuff. Is there an update with, with trying to get through to David Ayers and e-bug? No, <laughs> no. We, we still got to no. like get a petition going or something or like a, a GoFundMe yeah. or something. You know, I, uh, I, 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 uh, I bought his hat from his, uh, he's, he sells hats. I thought that would ink the deal, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I guess it didn't, but, um, they know about us, but, uh, yeah, I, I think that movie's being made and, uh, it's okay. I mean, it's pretty odd that they're not going to use a song written about him and, yeah. uh, called E-Bug. Uh, and when they use the, whatever song they do decide to use, uh, it's just another mistake. Of yeah. Oh, yeah, it won't <laughs> be, it won't be the right choice. That's for well, sure. Well, from my experience <laughs> from working in TV and film, there's still a chance that they could throw e-bug in as the credit song, you know, like right, go right. to credits and there's the credits E-bug. roll. Yeah. Yeah. But, that would uh, be the ideal. Like I like, you know, in, in movies from the eighties and nineties, they would often have like a song, like with the title of the movie or something in it, you know, like, um, like and, is the, and, is the name of the movie going to be e-bug? Like it should be. If it is, and I don't get this deal, this will be my last performance because I'm going to chop my arm off. So, so, you know, we talked about uh, Chris and Tina from the Talking Heads. They have their own band called Tom Tom Club, and they have one song called The Genius of Love. And that I should talk to them because that song is in 
50,000. I just saw Free, is it Free Guy, the new Ryan Reynolds movie or something? Actually, I just watched that movie. Yeah, it starts with their song in completion. It's a whole version of their song. And then when it ends, it comes back for another round. I'm like, oh, man. Yeah, they are uh, retired on that. Some nice royalties on that one for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So yeah. we've got, we've got a bit of a, like a newer audience. Like, you know, we we're coming from the podcast world. Now we're on, on the radio here in Winnipeg. Um, but I think we got to kind of do some due diligence here. Like Tommy is the one who put me onto the Zambonis. Oh, thanks, uh, Tommy. Yeah. So, so <laughs> this is all Tom, like this connection with, with, with us talking hockey and Dave, this is through Tom. So Tom, you got to share with, how did you come across the Zambonis? Uh, well, it would have been through the Zamboni's version of Brass Bonanza. Ah. Um, I, you know, I knew that song from just, I don't know why. And I actually used to do uh, a college radio show back in Halifax when I lived there. And our theme song was essentially Brass Bonanza <laughs> and, uh, you know, a modified version of it. And then one day I was... We were, uh, our Randy and I's, uh, you know, rec league hockey team, we're building our locker room playlist. And I said, well, we got to put Brass Bonanza by the Zambonis on there. Um, and because it's like the most kind of rocking version of, of Brass Bonanza, I think. And uh, we tried. Yeah. And uh, anyway, so that was pretty much how I discovered the Zambonis. And then, you know, once you, once you're like, oh man, this band has, every song about hockey it's uh, <laughs> it's pretty sweet so you kind of just go from there but uh yeah i i will i'll just tell our listeners dave just did a, a wardrobe change went from his hartford whalers uh hard hat there to the uh russian uh comrade style san jose sharks hat and for the listeners in winnipeg of course the sharks were just here the jets uh beat them soundly and it was our very first snowfall of the year. So that hat is very appropriate right now. Yeah. Per, yeah I, like, uh, I'd like to mention, uh, I've been working, uh, we, we have about 500 jerseys in my basement. And I should go get the one I'm going to speak of. I have like a 70s, um, I forget what that, Tacla? No, not Tacla. I forget them. Sandisk. It's, this, it's a Winnipeg Jets 70s jersey. Nice. And I can't get the horrible odor out of it. All the other jerseys, <laughs> all the other jerseys, there's 499 jerseys have cleaned up. They smell like flowers, but this the one sun. jersey, oh, it smells like it's just been hanging out in a rainstorm for 11 years. I can't get it. I can't get it clean. I don't know what to do. So that, that, ever... That's hockey. That, that's, that, that's the essence of hockey right there. Right, right. I know, but this is beyond, you know, this is like a butt. <laughs> smells a little bit like butt. A lot, a lot of butt. Have you ever considered, uh, you know, uh, a hockey hall of fame style display of all your jerseys, you know, like uh, at a gallery or something? No, because we, I love, I'm also the, uh, not only am I the captain of the band, but I'm the, uh, stylist. So every gig I love, I love if someone takes a photo and we're all wearing different colors. And so it's good to have a good, yeah, a good, uh, a backlog of jerseys, but the, Maybe if we have a fill-in drummer, I'll put him in that Winnipeg yeah. jersey. The rookie, <laughs> the rookie's got to wear that jersey. Yeah. It's, there's so no Dave, hope. 
Dave, tell us more about like like live on the ice. Is was that literally like or no? What did you say? Not literally, but uh, it's seriously. called live on the ice, and then parentheses seriously. So was that seriously like live? Did you play those songs in succession? And yes, yeah. So just just t- like tell the listeners like what you played and then how like how did how did that all come together even technically? Um, I have a great friend Tim, and he's been in the Zambonis uh, for like ten years on and off. Uh, he was our drummer. Um, he also smokes a lot of weed. And uh, so we've played some really big shows in front of thousands of people. And Tim was almost asleep on the drums, but still doing a pretty good job. Just keeping time. But yeah. Tim is an audio genius. So um, he, he really uh, gets the credit. If you listen to it, we're playing live and the sound is really good. Tim mic'd everything up. He had everything going and uh and he mixed it so it is a mixed performance but it's completely live nice uh, so that's the you know it's a nod to some some sort of musicianship we've got it was go ahead how how are the acoustics at a empty rink the reverb the was and everything? nice yeah. the reverb Nat- was perfect natural yeah. reverb yeah it's barn nice. reverb yeah so it, here's a question for you dave was it one take or did you pick like take three no, no, no. We did uh, one take, and then we did another take, like two sets, but we chose the second set. So it's oh, all sweet. there. Right on. That's yeah. like straight through. Straight through. Oh, so, and here's another question, actually. As a guy who books ice and, yeah. you know, is booking, booking ice times, how, do you, how does one book an ice time, multiple ice times likely for setup and recording and all that stuff? Like, like what's, the, what's the scene like out there? The scene is, uh, ever since 1994, 95, we've uh, gone to my local rink that I played hockey in, the Wonderland of Ice in Bridgeport, Connecticut. And it's the same owners, the Fergusons and the FedEx. And we've just, you know, over the years, they've let us do whatever we want and uh, have been really unbelievably generous. And I called Lisa and uh, I said, Lisa, I, I want to do this and I want to shoot this. And she goes, well, what's it for? I said, and I told her the Talking Heads connection. She said, can you get my Talking Heads record signed? I said, absolutely. <laughs> so we, uh, if you rent ice, I don't know if you have this offer up there in Winnipeg, but if you get a signed Talking Heads record, you get ice and anything you want, Zambonis in the, in the shot for up to five hours. Oh man, Jeez. I don't know if we have that deal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it, I think it's more like based on maybe beer and uh, <laughs> I don't know chicken wings or something up here. Yeah. Or sure. maybe like uh, the Pursuit of Happiness record sign. Oh, tragically hip, maybe tragically hip. Yeah. yeah. Tragically is, hip. Yeah. Now, is the Talking Heads are they a, a band local to your area to to Connecticut? No, they're they're yeah. uh, they were New York and Rhode Island based, but uh, Chris and Tina moved out of New York to. Uh, about three towns over okay uh, in connecticut um when they started having children in the uh in the 80s yeah so they're still here and they're they're great people great people. awesome so so speaking in new york you were in the big apple recently as the uh the internet would lead me to believe uh attending a new york rangers game yeah so uh was that the game that mcdavid dangled everybody no that was in no that was out in your country yeah that was in edmonton uh so what game did you go see tell us a little bit about going to msg that's a rink i've always wanted to go to for sure oh you should go you should go 
Um, it's a nice little barn. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Quaint. <laughs> yeah. They uh, they were playing the undefeated Florida Panthers. Oh. Ten and zero. And uh, on the way, uh, I'm walking. I got out. I parked my car. I drove in from Connecticut. My father called me. He's 88. And uh, the guy has the 88-year-old wisdom. He said, by the way, my prediction is 4-2 Rangers. Yeah. I was like, what What are you, crazy? They're undefeated. <laughs> and uh, it was 4-2 with a minute and 30 left, and they, they popped one more in, and it was 4-3 in the end. But it was a great game. I mean, the Rangers yeah. outskated them, which was uh, not expected. But there's some great young guys on the Rangers. I love watching Fox. and Right. Uh, yeah, it was good. I will tell you, uh, so I, I hope that is enough for the Rangers uh, situation. But Saturday before that, I went to see the Bridgeport Sound Tigers, which is AHL. Right. Versus uh, Springfield. I think they're the Thunderbirds now. And I sit down, and, and my real last name is Dave Schneider. And in goal for the Sound Tigers is Corey Schneider. Corey Schneider. Yeah. Oh, no way. Moose. Yeah. He, he played on the moose here. Yeah. Oh, I had he? no idea he was still playing, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if he knows he's still playing. <laughs> <laughs> so I go with my son, uh, and uh, he's also Charlie Schneider. And in the first four minutes, the, the other team scored three goals. And I, I got to deal with the Schneider chant. <laughs> yeah, the Schneider chant is happening. Schneider. Schneider. Yeah, yeah Schneider. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. That's so crazy. Stand up and take a wave, and yeah, yeah. I kept on, I kept on waving. Yeah, yeah. Corey Schneider was the starting goalie for the Manitoba Moose here, like pre whenever Corey would have went to Vancouver when he was Luongo's backup. Um, But Dave, actually, we got, I got to jump back to the Rangers a little bit because being Canadians, uh, I guess this is maybe two years ago now when uh, Alex Lafreniere was like our golden boy that year for the world juniors. And then he gets drafted by the Rangers. We're not, you know, like us here in Winnipeg, like unless you're digging for it, you're not really seeing too much about him. And also uh, Capo Caco, uh, another higher draft pick. Like uh, I haven't watched a lot of Rangers games. I keep an eye on Adam Fox. Cause I got him in my hockey pool. Jacob Truba is a former Winnipeg Jet that I kind of still keep keep tabs on, but he's great. I love that guy. Well, what do you, what's what's your takes on the Rangers? Because we need to like we need an inside look here. Uh, you, well, know, um, you can be our insider here. You're our Rangers insider. Um, well, uh, whatever. I, I always mispronounce his name, Lafreniere. But uh, I, I they're having troubles with him, and they were going to send him down. Did yeah. you know that? Well, he's he's not getting top line minutes. I know that he, he's doing better this year. I thought so far. Yeah. Like last year, his rookie year was a slow, slow start for him. But, um, but Capo is amazing. Oh yeah. Yeah. Just that. I don't know. You, you never know how a team can click, but they're, they look like they have clicking uh, capability. I'll give them that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know about their coaching. Hopefully it works. You know, the Islanders for, for us, we're like, I'm I'm here in Connecticut, so you're in Islanders, Rangers country, basically. Some Bruins. We used to be Hartford Whaler country. Put the Whalers hat back on. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Perfect but, timing. Uh, but um, the uh, the Rangers, I, I I think they and, and by the way that that goalie Igor, I forget it. I can't pronounce his uh, last just, name. Shesterkin. 
Shesterkin, yeah. He looked fantastic. So who, who knows? Who knows? Yeah. How about Winnipeg? Are you guys going to be anything? We're, well, we're something. You know, we're something right now. And actually, our best players aren't even the best, best players right now. And I don't know if that's like a, a curse or a blessing. Like, mm. maybe they won't show up. But right now, Pierre-Luc Dubois, Kyle Connor, uh, those guys are, are kind of carrying the load right now. And guys like Mark Shifley and Blake Wheeler are still kind of pulling up the rear. Um, yeah, but finding their groove. Still, 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 still trying to find things. But American, American question. Um, how do you guys feel about Seattle? Like, does, does that? I bother? love it. I love it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I like the fact that they're in the league now. I like yeah. their jerseys. I Brand, love Brandon. Uh, Brandon Tanev is like we're we're huge Tanev yeah, we fans. Love over Brandon here. Tanev. So he he's he's really taken off there in uh, Seattle. It seems and. It's kind of funny, like they're, um, you know, a couple of years ago when Vegas came in, it's all flash and, right. uh, and they did really well. Um, but you know, the flash is very, it's a Vegas kind of thing. You got to have star power and all the rest of it. Yeah. Um, and Seattle just seems to be taking a much more patient or slower approach. And I don't know how good of a team they are at this point in time, but I'm sure they'll improve, you know, with. Yeah, Vegas Time. came out with a bang with on their yeah. Twitter account. They were just every they were yeah. ready. Right. Um, also, the Pacific is a bit of a wild card right now because <laughs> Edmonton, Calgary, L.A., and Anaheim are, I think are all overachieving. Not well, overachieving is is maybe I don't know if you could say, but L.A. is like on a huge win win streak right now. Uh, Edmonton, like Winnipeg, swept Edmonton last playoffs. But like now they're like the toast of the league right now. Calgary too. Everyone was writing off Calgary, and they're one of the top teams. It's still early. It's you know as as the hockey insiders or hockey experts can say, we're not even at American Thanksgiving yet. That right. that's kind of the 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 cutoff point for playoffs or whatever. Um, it's getting close though, isn't it? American Thanksgiving. I know it's getting close because all the Black Friday ads have started. Yeah, it's like <laughs> next week or something. Yeah. yeah, I bought eleven PS5s this morning. Perfect. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Did you have to shove over any old grannies to get them, or? No, I used a bot. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't. Get <laughs> so, so, Dave, like, well, let's let's hop back to the Zambonis a little bit here, though. Like, like, tell us, like, what's what's coming up for the band? Like, what what what's new? Are you guys are? Is there like live shows in the mix? You got there are some live, uh, next Saturday. We play. Well, actually, the, the people can't see, but I got the Doug Glatt thing going on. Oh yeah, totally. The, um, so I got a big old mustache. We're playing a mustache benefit. It's called the Mustache Classic, and it uh, benefits um, men's health and uh, more awareness for um, suicide and, and a, a lot of cancer awareness. But the craziest part of this is it's in Danbury, Connecticut, and it is being put on uh, by a lot of the folks from the former Danbury Trashers. I was going to say the Danbury Trashers. Yeah, that's uh, so we are literally going to kick. We're literally going to kick the crap out of uh, men's suicide and just suicide <laughs> awareness. There's going to be a lot of violence helping in these situations. <laughs> but they are going to be guests. The Galante family will be there, and yeah, so we'll see how it goes. That that episode or documentary or whatever you want to call it is really taken off. Like everybody was talking about it. Um, I have to admit, it's one that I've not seen yet. So oh. uh, 
but I don't think it's possible to spoil it because I think I know the whole plot of it. It's like mafia family gives 17 year old the reins to a hockey team called the Danbury Trashers and he fills it with goons and they scrap their way to, to everybody's uh, number one in the hearts kind of thing. So, well, they don't scrap their way. They, they pay guys in duffel bags of money uh, (laughs) and give them houses and build their own neighborhood. It's it's worth watching. Yeah. Yeah, It's one, it's one I've meant to get on the sort of in the queue, but it's just, you know, yeah, for, former NHLer Mike Rupp is in the mix there, and okay, yeah, yeah, it, it's a, it's a crazy story. Uh, as far as like NHL documentary or hockey documentaries, it's it's for sure up there. Like it's yeah. it's got like the 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 bizarre aspect, but also like I think the essence of just hockey too. Like it's a little slap shot. It's a little it's a little bit of everything. Yeah. So Dave, will the Zambonis at this? Uh... At this event in Danbury, will you guys be wearing jerseys with tie-down straps just in case? Uh, I might, I might <laughs> loosen up my strap just in case I could be a little more flexible. I'll take the penalty. I'll take the penalty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, my fighting record is three, six, and one. That's so, pretty good. Not really. No, not really. But so, what determines a tie though in a, in a fight? Like double knockout. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> No memory of it, but apparently yeah. it was a double knockout. It happened. So, so Dave, last thing here for you. Um, yeah. So, uh, in in coordination with the Zambonis uh, appearing, Dave Zamboni appearing on this episode, we were tying in like our aspect of like uh, our our favorite hockey songs. So, yeah. Dave, uh, Tom threw mm-hmm. his top three hockey songs into the mix. Uh, I've got mine. Uh, we're putting you on the spot and I won't, I won't fault you if you pick all three Zamboni songs, because in fact, I'd expect it. (laughs) If you're not the biggest fan of your own music, then you know what's going on, but no, I I am. I'm a huge fan of myself. If you were to, if you were to throw three or three or one or two or more, just even just hockey song recommendations for, for our listeners, like what would you throw into the mix? Number one is Stompin' Tom Connors, the hockey song. So uh, uh, I got to give him that, and I really do. I think it's great. It, to me, it's perfect. Yeah. It's a story song. Yeah. Um, you know, I could name others, but I'm going to try to just say how I feel because, yes, I wrote some of this stuff, but uh, I think Hockey on the Moon by the Zambonis is really uh, an amazing song. We... Uh, yeah, you know, we sort of combined the the race to the moon, the Cold War, and the 1980 Olympics, and it's all sort of surreal and uh, beautiful. And it's six and a half minutes, so uh, like an I'm epic. Going with, I'm going with hockey on the moon, and uh, the third one's tough. I kind of like Russian pop song by the Zambonis. Uh, it's another uh, war helmet. Yeah, I don't know. Helmet song, Russian pop song. <laughs> I love. Uh, there's there's a couple other bands. I mean, you. I wish you'd do a top ten, and then I could uh, pop in some of the others. But definitely Stumpin' Tom. He's on top, and then we're yeah we're, we're below him. Well, we'll, we'll do the year end show where we do like the year end recap, and we got like time to do the the top ten songs or whatever. But you're right with Stumpin' Tom. Like even even that song is. You, whenever there's a TV timeout or like a timeout based on, um, you know, a, a, a video review, 
they're yeah. they're always playing that song, right? Like especially here in Winnipeg. And well, they never play it here. You know? Oh, nope. okay. But it's like no. they got three minutes to fill. Let's throw on Stomp and Tom, and the whole barn goes crazy up here. Everybody yeah. sings it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah, we don't get that here. They end up playing Bush. Breathe in, <laughs> breathe out. <laughs> and that's the difference between Canada and America. You know, I if, guess so. if you're wondering what it is, there it is. Yeah. That's it in a nutshell. <laughs> so, so, Dave, last thing for you here. We're running out of time. But what what would it take to get Dave and the Zambonis or just Dave Zamboni up to Winnipeg for a beer and, and some shinny? Uh, well, shinny would be more difficult because um, my, uh, my back's... Uh, retired, but <laughs> but we can play hockey music. Okay, perfect. And while you guys play, we'll play on the ice or whatever in the crowd, or we could play afterwards at the bar. But uh, yeah, I think we just got to get the band playing in Winnipeg. That's fine. Right. Yeah, the border's open now. The border for, is for, open. You're on for the now at least side. anyway, right? So so let's see. New York's here. Yeah, yeah. And Winnipeg's. It's here. only like a twenty. <laughs> you're, you're actually hour here. Drive. Yeah, that's only yeah. like three inches away, actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Tommy, we're we're out of time here with Dave. I'm gonna one more time. I'm gonna put Dave on the spot. Send us off here, and we need you to throw to a song. Oh, I get to throw. All right. Well, I'm gonna throw you off to uh, "Captain" by the Zambonis. Okay. A song about life, hockey. Uh, and everybody needs to carry the weight a little bit, but it's a good song too. From the captain of the Zambonis, right to your ears, this is Captain by the Zambonis.
Okay, that was Captain by the Zambonis, and uh, yeah, great interview with Dave Zamboni there, Connecticut band, the Zambonis. Um, always a pleasure to talk to him, and uh, you know, so in the interview, we're talking about the the, the Danbury Trashers movie, the, the documentary on crime and punishment, the Netflix series, and I was saying I hadn't seen it, everybody's watched it, everybody says, you gotta watch this. So uh, before we started recording this morning, Randy, I tuned in. I didn't get to finish it yet, but man, that's for sure an interesting story. And I got to jump on board and say, you got to watch this if you haven't already. Uh, you, you've seen it, Randy? I have seen it. I, I would say like the all the whole all the films from that series are great. The yeah, the Malice at the Palace basketball one is awesome. Uh, and the I, I forget the name of the tennis one, but like there, there there's some like compelling stories here but yeah. yeah if you're a big fan of like you know just hockey uh i don't know what you want to call it like it's just so bizarre um, it's so bizarre uh, yeah and and that's what makes it yeah it's a compelling story it's so interesting like that style of goon hockey like i've never been drawn to i think it's a real thing that was part of selling the game in america like i don't think in canada leagues or teams needed to goon it up so much you know yeah there's fighting and like junior b and whatever else um or or semi-pro or whatever uh but for the most part it wasn't it doesn't you don't need to sell the game in canada with fighting you know there is that league in quebec that's like all fights or whatever yeah but uh in america for sure you know the uhl uh is the is the league that the danbury trashers were in and man, you go through the the penalty minutes of their uh, roster there on they so they only uh, you look at it on hockey database because that's the other thing you're watching this movie and you're like this guy so I'm like googling the yeah. HDB of uh, all the different players and stuff and but yeah like uh, Ruman <clears throat> Nadur, first Nigerian born player to play in the uh, uh, NHL and then like was raised in Canada I think I saw Wasagaming or something like that. And um, yeah, he led the team at 289 penalty minutes. And the, there's like four other guys that have 200 plus penalty minutes. Yeah. So it's, you know, wild stuff. But uh, yeah, definitely glad that I started that and I'm going to finish it at my next opportunity. So yeah, it's a great ah. film. Yeah. Yeah. So actually uh, thro- throwing back to, to a previous guest here on, on talking hockey, uh, I guess that was episode one. We've got a little bit of a recurring segment now that uh, right. our, our, our new partner in crime is, is joining us with here. Yeah. Uh, pardon the pun with the Danbury trashers 
uh, partner in crime because they were as like a mob team. Uh, we don't have mob ties. Ho- hockey, regular. hockey partners in crime. Let's just yeah, that's that right. Yeah. So uh, yeah, uh, luckily for us, Ty Delello has agreed to produce a few uh, local legend segments. The local legends is a segment we've done in the past, and we like to feature some sort of uh, old timey, generally old timey, but it can be like any era really uh, player from Manitoba, essentially. And uh, Ty has a whole book about it. So we thought, hey, why don't why don't you do this? And we'll, <laughs> we'll learn stuff from you. So that's what's going on. And we're going to he's going to tell us all about Mud Berento, uh from St. Boniface. He was uh, well, I mean, let's let's just hear from Ty. For this week's local legend segment, we're going to take a quick look at Mud Brunito. Uh, who was a solid two-way hockey player during much of the 1930s and 1940s. He was the first player in NHL history to win the Stanley Cup in each of his first two seasons in the league. But more importantly, he is forever remembered for ending the longest overtime in the history of the National Hockey League. Even today, when the odd Stanley Cup playoff game creeps into a third overtime, the tale of Mud Brunito and and the NHL's longest game uh, gets told again to a newer audience. Mud later recalled that one goal was really nothing special, just like others have scored, but people never forgot it. They remembered me as the guy who ended hockey's longest game. And that hockey game happened in 1936 when he scored in the sixth overtime, and people still remember it to this day. So, uh, you know, the name itself, Mud Brunito, has forever lived on in the lores of hockey history. And Mud, of course, is a Winnipeg boy. Uh, born November 28th, 1914. He was the middle of three hockey playing brothers, John being the oldest by quite a bit, and Ed, who was five years younger than Mud. Ed also ended up becoming a professional hockey player with the Detroit Red Wings and won a pair of Stanley Cups himself. And um, most hockey historians would say that Ed was probably the better hockey player than Mud, um, but Mud's famous goal kind of uh, propels him a little bit. So they grew up in St. Boniface, and the brothers all attended Provence School, um, which was a Catholic school in those days. And um, basically, uh, the boys grew up playing hockey on the rink outside of Provence School. Uh, it was this massive, huge playing surface, um, and the boys who just lived a couple doors down would, uh, you know, walk to the rink in their skates, and uh, you know, play every day and play all night until their parents called them in. It seemed like a really uh, fun childhood from what, uh, you know, the Brunatos families have kind of passed down. It was early on in his schooling that one of um, his teachers, uh, an Englishman by the name of Brother George, had trouble pronouncing Mud's real name, Murir, so he started calling him Mud instead, and it would go on to stick uh, for the rest of his life. After Brunatos successful hockey career uh, both Mud and Ed uh, lived in Omaha in the USA and they ran ran several businesses down there they've both long uh, since passed away um, but like I said at the beginning um, the name Mud Brunito will forever live on for ending the longest game in Stanley Cup history so that's uh, that's this week's local legend segment uh, stay tuned for next week and we'll talk about another a Manitoba-born player. 
All right, Ty, thanks so much for sending in that piece. Uh, there'll be more of those to come here on season four of Talking Hockey. And for those of you that might have missed episode one with Ty DeLello, uh, feel free to go back and, and check it out on, on Apple and Spotify. And Ty actually just released um, his book, Moisienko, uh, featuring, you know, uh, you know, the life and times and hockey career of Billy Moisienko. Make sure you grab that from McNally Robinson here in Winnipeg or wherever books are sold. That's right. And tis the season for book buy-in as for gifts. Like you're thinking, what do I get dad for Christmas this year? This book is what you get dad for Christmas this year. So uh, yeah, thanks for sharing that with us. And like you said, Randy, check out any of our archived episodes, go back. You can just go and check out uh, UMFM's website, you know, Google talking hockey, the hockey talking show UMFM comes right up. And all of our past episodes are right on the UMFM website. Plus, you know, if you subscribe on Apple or Spotify, you get the new episode sliding in to your uh, app every week. Every Monday we're on on air here in Winnipeg, and then the podcast comes out right after that. So, uh, yeah, we definitely thank you for tuning in to uh, our show on UMFM 101.5 in Winnipeg. And we had a lot of great feedback about our last episode with Chris Hanna of Propagandy. So I just want to thank all the first time listeners for that, because I think there was a lot of I mean, I had people from Denver, Colorado kind of reach out and uh, just all over the place. People, um, I think, drawn by, you know, that guy uh, and the sort of world that he's from. Um, and, and interesting, you know, and that's what we try to do on this show, bring in people who have been on lots of podcasts, but they've never been on a podcast to talk about hockey before, pretty much so. Uh, pretty cool and um, yeah definitely check out any of our episodes going back but we're going to throw right now to a song on the way out and it's uh, one we mentioned off the top for one of our top three hockey songs we're going to go with Chicks Dig It's Cheevers uh, what do you what do you like about this one Randy well like I said before this is a song that uh, gets continuously played in the Crest of Steel ho- uh, dressing room before games uh, it's your perfect mix of punk rock like ramon style punk rock with a canadian flavor and it's about yeah. hockey so you can't really beat it and it really wears its heart on its sleeve it's a very emotional tune about jerry cheevers so hey let's go uh sticks on the ice check the liar stick we'll see you next week on talking hockey the hockey talking show I saw a picture yesterday.